Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. For example, the Wizards have the huge, unmatched, I should say, Thomas Sadoransky return game coming up. Otto Porter is not even going to be playing because he's still hurt, but it's, it's going to be the biggest thing that's hit DC Sports in it at least 12 years. And if you want tickets to that, you can head on to Game Time and you're going to be able to see the best prices and that kind of stuff in order to go see it. Well, now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in Google Play or the App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem the code The Athletic. That's all one word. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word for $10 off on your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is the only credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019, because apparently that's when years end, December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. I'm in a very fancy courtside club in Little Caesars Arena where the Wizards just got what, according to Bradley Beal, was their best win of the season, 133-119 to 119, over, to the, the, over the Detroit Pistons. I'm Fred Katz, cover the Wizards for The Athletic. I'm the host of this horrible podcast. And uh, sitting here in this fancy-ass courtside club, right next to me is James Edwards. Fred? Thank you for having me as usual, and this is not a bad, pa- shitty, po- or crappy podcast. I don't know if I can curse, and I don't know. Well, if you just did. Sorry. So, <laughs> this is a great podcast, and I look forward to being on it every time you have me on. And yeah, this was a game in which the Pistons. I don't know if you have must win games in the second week in December, uh, but it feels like to me every game for the Pistons is a must win at this point, and they lost to the Wizards. So yeah, there that you go. they did. They lost to a Wizards team that has like everybody hurt. They got IT back. Yamahimi had six stitches above his eye after the game. I didn't know that. Yeah, I told him. Well, he walked off the court with like a minute left. I don't know who hit him, but he got six stitches above his eye. I, I joked to him that, like, it's the worst time ever to be a wizard center. <laughs> Thomas Bryant's out. <laughs> Mo Wagner's out. He's fine. He says he's totally fine. But now he's got six stitches above his eye. It's, it's amazing that you could be such, a, such an athlete. Like such a in such pristine shape yeah. that you get six stitches above your eye and be like, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. Stitch me up. Isn't that what they say? Just stitch me up. Put me back in, coach. Is that is that what they say? I think so. That's what they say? Yeah. I don't I know who they is. Freshman basketball. I yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what like the freshman who wants to be tough is gonna say. We're really getting sounds of the arena right now, the people around us. Yeah, they're I, making little Caesar's pizza. Yes. Very good. Which is is they it, have that in DC? Yeah, it's not good though. No, it's not good, but it's good here. Oh, for real? It's, this Little Caesars pizza is better than the ones if you would go get a hot and ready. Do you know about the hot and ready? No. I always assume people know. So Little Caesars is kind of claim to fame is you just walk in and they always have pizzas ready to go and it's just five bucks. So you just go in. You don't have to order it. You just go into a Little Caesars. 536 because tax is six cents per dollar here in Michigan. And you get a pizza. But it's better at the arena than it is in real life. 
Wow. Interesting. Unlike this podcast. No, this is Which is... People, <laughs> people don't visit Detroit. In which you get phenomenal rolling carts killing the sound quality of the entire thing. This is why it's after dark. It's, it's, a, home, it's a homemade operation. <laughs> uh, so some quick stuff. James obviously covers the Pistons for the Athletic, by yep. the way. You know that. Yeah, I do. Uh, Bradley Beal, 35 and 10. I think he's the fourth guy, the Wizards said, the fourth guy this year to have 35 and 10 in a game. Doncic did it. Oh, I thought you were talking about the fourth guy for the Wizards. I'm like, who the hell oh. else did 35 no. and 10? Okay. Yeah, Yamahimi and uh, Admiral Schofield. Uh, Doncic and, and I don't know, I forget who the other two, probably LeBron. Yeah, I would guess. Uh, probably somebody else. Ten, that's 35 and 10 assists specifically. Sure, some others have done 35 and, he had and 10 points. He had six midway through the first quarter, I think, too. He had six at the end. Yeah, and he had 15 and six just in the first quarter. We were, we were wondering on, on press row, yeah. like, how many is Brad? It felt like one of those nights because the Wizards shot 17 for 21 in the first quarter. And what was crazy, the Wizards shot 17. Beal had 15 and six yeah. in one quarter, which is fantastic right and he missed 75 percent of the wizards missed shots because he was six for nine from the field and the wizards were 17 for 21 from the field (laughs) so if i said to you one guy missed 75 percent of the missed shots wouldn't you be like what a crappy quarter and that guy shot 67 percent and went 15 (laughs) and six in one quarter that's a great stat, and Dwayne talked about that obviously being the difference in the game. Not just that the Wizards scored 43 points in 12 minutes of basketball, the opening 12 minutes of basketball. When you allow a team to score that many points and shoot that well, you're just look, you're just it feeds Fred Katz's hot hand theory <laughs> that he coined. And no, I didn't coin that. That's a thing. I know, I know. And um, I coined after dark. Though. It's like Taco Tuesday. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I mean, they just got to see balls go in the basket from the beginning, and it carried on throughout the rest of the game. The Pistons played a little bit better defense in the third or early fourth something, but they really didn't. No, I never felt the Pistons were going to win that game. Can we talk about the, the really important thing from tonight? What is it? The incredible, weird, bizarro version of Markeith Morris yes. getting into it with the Wizards. Yes. So I asked Scott Brooks about it after the game, and he just started talking about how much he loved. He and Markeith were very close. Yeah. He loves Markeith. Talking about how he just kind of laughed and was like, that's how Markeith is. Talked about how much he loved Markeith. Then started talking about how good he is in practice shooting drills. <laughs> and then as he finished his answer, it was his last question, he walked away and said, I don't know why I was talking about practice shooting drills <laughs> after the cameras went off. Like, just baffled with where his mind went. Uh, I asked Brad about it, Beal. Yeah. Beal, uh, I asked him if, if he felt like he was put on this earth to be a Markeith Morris peacemaker. And, uh, and, and he said that he said that Markeith can be a little bit of a bully. And Davis knew uh, what was going on there. The yeah. cameras picked up what Davis said. Yep. Said some stuff. Yep. Uh, I loved that he got up after Keith threw him to the ground. It was... It was like the personification of, of a human being immediately going from emotional to practical. <laughs> it was. It was like, the slowest charge I've ever seen at yeah. somebody. <laughs> he got up real quick. Yeah. 
And then he stopped. Yes, he was smart. And I saw actually saw I didn't I don't know if Mar- I don't think Markeith mentioned it after the game. Nobody asked him. Um, but I, I was able to witness them jawing at each other before the ball was brought up the floor. And I look down at my computer for 10 seconds and I look up and Bertans is rolling on the floor, getting up quicker than I've ever seen anybody get off the ground. <laughs> at first, I thought he hurt himself the way he kind of rolled on the floor. Um, and then I imagined, then I realized what had happened right after he got up and charged and ran into an invisible wall after he took a step. But it wasn't, I don't, that's a fight you want to see because you you don't want to see it. <laughs> well, Bertans is, uh, I have no idea if he can fight, but like, he's not a back down kind of dude. Yeah, I don't think I meant it like. I'm going to gonna yeah. have something later this week. On Davis Bertans, yes, and how and how uh, you know you look at the tall, skinny, white European dude, yeah, and you think the same thing that you always think when you see tall, skinny, white European dude, mm-hmm. and how Davis is like the single most confident human being on the face of the earth. It's a bad man, and and I got some stuff in there. He's, I mean, he's funny, man, and he. I think if you ask him how you're going to fare against Markeith Morris, I think he'll look at you like, what are you, crazy? Of course I can take Markeith Morris. I would have loved to see it. <laughs> I, needed, I needed some entertainment at, the, at that moment in time, and I thought I was going to get it. But both, I would imagine, I know Markeith loves his money. I've talked to him about technicals and, and stuff like that. I would imagine Bertans, who has not been in the league as long and has not made as much money, also loves his money. So maybe we'll, uh, maybe next year the Wizards come back after Christmas. I believe. Yeah. Maybe uh, we'll get a Devin Booker, or was it Anthony? Who was it that said, meet me in the tunnel? Was that Anthony Towns and uh, Embiid? Yeah. Or didn't Devin Booker have one, too, a few years ago? Did he? It was him and... I think Booker set it off with the meet me in the back. Because I remember somebody trying to hold his waist back, and he was, like, sprinting to the back. I forgot who that was against, but they both kind of had their meet me in the back moment. I, I mean, the ultimate story was... Jerry Stackhouse, yeah, meeting the dude because Jerry a, Stackhouse would. I've heard fight stories. you. He played here, and the PR has told me stories about Jerry Stackhouse. That's the one dude that you do. Not, that's one dude you do not want to mess with. That's like a real guy you don't want to mess with. People know that. People players now, I think, even know. If you see Jerry on the sideline in a couple of years, don't talk smack to a yeah. Jerry Stackhouse <laughs> coach team. It's amazing that, like, with the legend of Jerry Stackhouse as a player, yeah, that. He's just like the coach at Vanderbilt. It's crazy. Right? And like a championship G League coach too, right? Like, didn't yeah. He, yeah. And like, that's a great position to be in when you have that reputation. What player is going to try you? No one. And if you do, you'll learn real quick. If you don't know, you'll get familiar. <laughs> I want to know what parents think when he walks in. <laughs> parents are like, so you're going to beat up my kid? Good. Good. <laughs> Good. He need, little Scotty needs his butt whooped. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what else we got from this thing? Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas played. What do you think of Isaiah Thomas's one foot runner threes? Uh, he made one. Yeah. And yeah. then did a little swaggy gallop after. He did. I, I, uh, that one at the end was, it, it wasn't the cap to the game because it was over before then, but it was kind of. I don't know, the dagger that just kind of told you everything you need to know. I thought Bertans is three. The and one three was the was the true dagger. I saw people get up after that one. Uh, but, yeah, IT looks a lot better than last time I saw IT. Um, 
which I think was I, I was not at the game in Washington this year, but sometime last year. He looks healthier. Um, I know he's missed some games, but the bucket getter, man, bucket getters find ways to score in in the most unique of ways. Yes, he the the runner threes are are funny because they look ridiculous. Yeah, they look absurd. They look they almost look lazy and unintentional. Mm-hmm. You know. Just from the body language of them. Yeah. They look like a dude on the pavement who's just like, like, I feel like, all right, if you, if you have kids in the car and you're listening to this, mute me for five seconds. It almost would feel proper if he were just saying, fuck it, every time he shot it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it's definitely what it is. Yeah. And so, like, that, that's what it feels like from the way you look at it. But he practices them. He says he takes 50 a day. Oh, wow. Uh, and he works on them with David Atkins, who, who's in player development with the Wizards. Okay. And works with a lot of guys, not just on shooting form, but footwork and that kind of stuff. And that's a big footwork shot. And the reason that he does it is because since he doesn't necessarily have the quickness that he used to have, and he's only 5'9", he feels like he just needs to get off kind of surprise shots sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And when he gets open, he doesn't have the luxury of being able to just pull up like a normal person. Right. And so he releases from one foot and just puts it up real quick. And he feels like if his body squared, he can do it. I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe there's a story there. Just like yeah. Isaiah Thomas figuring out new ways to score. Yeah, there it is. You just figured out the story. I think it's a good one. <laughs> and like, I mean, even with Steph Curry to an extent, like I know that people probably think that sounds nuts, but Steph wasn't the most athletic player. He wasn't the biggest player growing up. Like he, you see these shots where he's catching and turning and shooting. It's not one-legged necessarily, but there's ways. Those guys that are limited athletically like have to find ways to get off their shot creatively, and I think Steph is kind of the guy that people point to. They might not think put him in the same conversation as Isaiah Thomas, but if you watch Steph, he obviously shoots the ball in creative ways, and that all stems back to uh, not being the quickest and, and not being the tallest and the biggest to, to get a shot off. Can we uh, talk about... Davis Bertans for a second. Please. I looked at his stats midway through the game of his last 10 or the last two months, and I just saw a lot of 20 and 30 point games in there. Um, I think there's a couple, not a lot of 30 ones, but a lot of 20s and high teens. And interest, interested to see who, uh, who gives him that, uh, that John Luer money, as we like to call it, that four years, $40 million. Oh, I think he's getting more than that. Oh, I do too. I think it's more. I think it's more than the John Luer. John Luer, what a weird. Con, like a stretch four who yeah. doesn't shoot threes. Yep, and that was the year where everybody was getting paid that that summer of 2017, 16, 16. Um, and John Luer's per 36 numbers were off the charts, and that's why you stay away from per 36 numbers sometimes. And very alluring. Yeah, John Luer is getting paid. Hey, they're very John alluring, and. <laughs> Yeah, he's getting paid to to stay home right now. Uh, but John Lohr was a nice guy. He's a very nice guy. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, 
and perform at your best. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and my mind. And so for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership. That's at calm.com, C-A-L-M.com slash wizards. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com, C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash wizards. That's calm.com slash wizards. So I wrote today because of you. Because you wrote a whole thing on, hey, it's December 15th, and that means players are allowed to be traded now who signed, changed teams as free agents this summer. And, you know, December 15th is the unofficial, maybe even the official beginning of trade season in the NBA until we get to the February 6th trade deadline. Here's all the stuff you need to know, your, your Pistons trade primer. Yeah. And then our NBA editor took that and sent it to the company Slack, and said, everybody should do this. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everybody should do it. So I did one for this morning. Oh, uh, oh, you're t- oh, oh, when mine got sent to the Slack? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad to, to help. Because <laughs> I've taken a lot of story ideas from others, including yourself. So. Well, so I, uh, I, I completely ripped you off from my story this morning. You can go read that on uh, theathletic.com slash DC. Yep. You can see that there. Uh, just it's it's a lot. Should be everybody. It's loves probably trade season. it's probably too much though. We cover two teams where only people care. The only thing they care about is who's getting traded. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot on Bertans in there. Yeah. In there, I wrote about like strictly the Wizards. All the chatter that I heard enough that I was like, this is for sure true, and I'm writing it. The Wizards didn't want to trade Davis Bertans. Mm-hmm. I filed that last night at around 12.30 a.m. or so. Editor got to it. It posted in the morning. Uh, and then Tommy Shepard releases. Tommy Shepard was a guest on uh, the Wizards Off the Bench podcast this morning, which is their, their in-house podcast. And Tommy Shepard was on for about 15 minutes. I recommend you listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was a good interview. And in it, Tommy flat out says, we want to keep Bertans. So, if you don't if believe... you question uh, Fred Katz before yesterday at 12.30 a.m., I hope you get your facts straight and never question him again. So, here's the quote from the Off the Bench podcast. Uh, I'll just read it real quick. He said, we have every intention of retaining him. He's the exact type of player we want to have in our organization. I think he wants to be here. Business will take care of itself. There's so much chit-chat in this league that gets out there. Most of it is contrived by the teams that would love to have Davis. Well, guess what? One of the teams that would love to have him has him. We intend to keep him. We're excited about his growth. It's a great quote. If I heard that from a player, one of the teams that wants him has him. It's a great quote. That would juice me up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can we sign now? Yeah. That's what I would say. Here's my number. Wouldn't that juice you up if you were Bertans? Yeah, seriously, it would. Like, if I genuinely liked where I was playing and then you hear the the man in charge say that, I would stay there. And it sounds like his role, I mean, his role has expanded. And when the Wizards get to full strength, it sounds like it's not going to decrease at all. It's exactly what you would want as a player. So my, my last episode of this podcast, I had on Dave DeFore last week. Yeah. And... It is it is aged well. You can go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it yet. It's it's fine too. We it was the night Berton scored thirty two. Yeah, and we went sixty four minutes on the podcast, and almost literally 
exclusively talked about <laughs> Bertans to the point that I referred to the episode as Davos Bertans After Dark. <laughs> we were on six, 50, 64 minutes, and I think 50-something minutes or so was just Bertans talk. So I, I don't want to overlap on, like, the... People know all the analysis. You can go back and listen to that episode if you want all the analysis on whether he should or shouldn't be traded. So I don't necessarily want to get into that. Yeah. But I do want to get... I do just kind of want to break down. Um, like, Tommy Shepard saying that is legitimate news. Yeah. The Wizards... Not just do the Wizards want him. That the Wizards want him. Because that was kind of a feeling that we already got. Yeah. But him saying it. You know, some teams, like... They might say, we want to get this message out there. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of filter it through anonymous sources or whatever and, yeah. and let it be known. That Tommy Shepard is putting his name on it and not just saying like, yeah, we'd love to keep him. He's been great. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And is saying this strongly. Right. One of the teams that would love to have him has him. We intend to keep him. Yeah. That, is, that is just diving into the deep end. That is cannonballing. That is, that is ripping off his shirt <laughs> and, and like, and ripping off his breakaway pants, <laughs> revealing like a banana hammock and then cannonballing into like an 18 foot deep end. All right. <laughs> that is an aggressive, aggressive tone. Yeah. And I want to know your reaction to that. What, uh, is, what does that mean to you? Be, beyond just like Bertans, like what does that mean to you to hear a GM say that? That we, Fred, both both you and I have been around long enough to know that like nobody walks on eggshells more like decision make front office decision makers, and they always tend to try to leave the door open for a change of course, um, and for him to come out and say again, like you said, that strongly about one player at this time in the season, like. You would you don't take that lightly. Like he doesn't have to say what he said. He could easily like like you mentioned. We like him. He's a good player. We'll see what happens. How many times do we hear that a year? Millions of times from all GMs, whether they mean it or not. But for him to like make a definitive statement um, on a guy who probably shouldn't even be on the Wizards is, uh, I mean, that's it. It's sold. It's just now getting the numbers right. It sounds like to me. You know what's interesting about it to me. That so he, Shepard did the same thing with Bradley Beal mm-hmm. when everybody over the summer was like, Yeah, I trade Bradley Beal. Why would he stay? I know you offered him the extension, but why is he going to stay? You guys aren't going to be good. And then Brad extends. And all summer, every interview Tommy did, every time he spoke publicly, he was insistent We are not trading Brad. We are not talking to anybody. We don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. We want him here for as long as he wants to be here. And he was insistent about it, and he backed it up. The entire league was calling about Bradley Beal, and they were not answering the phones. Like, everything that he was saying was true. And that makes sense when you're talking about Bradley Beal, Mm -hmm. because he's an awesome player. And if you view him as a franchise cornerstone and a max player, Mm -hmm. then there probably isn't a realistic offer that somebody is going to make that is going to blow you away and say, you know what, screw it. Like, we didn't anticipate this coming. Let's do it. Right. Like, the Lakers aren't calling and saying, well, how about we give you LeBron for Bradley Beal? Like, right. that's not happening. There are only so many actual offers that can happen in the real world that would blow you away enough to change your mind. Yeah. Bertans is an excellent role player, mm-hmm. and he's been phenomenal this year, and he was very good again tonight. 
He was immediately opening up space. I thought Dwayne Casey was going to have a hemorrhage seeing the space that they were giving him early, and then they kind of started to guard him better, but he was still the four-point play. He had three for six from three. He had 17, an efficient 17. He was very good tonight. Yeah. Um, after Memphis just like – Memphis was picking up at, at half court. I saw a little Saturday bit of that night. game, yeah. Yeah, and like there are offers. I'm not saying they're going to come. I'm just saying like – if Miami calls you up and is like, we, we think Davis Bertans is the missing piece, yeah. Tyler Hero and the one first round pick that we are allowed to trade, yeah. go to you. Uh, like, That'd be a turnaround of a career for Bertans to get, if they could get Hero in a first round pick. I'm not saying yeah, that yeah, Miami yeah. would do that. No. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. But something. I'm just literally thinking of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a random scenario where it's like, some team that you never expect. What if the Pistons called and said, we'll give you Blake Griffin and for matching salaries and Bertans? And you throw, like, Mahim made a match salary? I wouldn't do that. If you're a which team? The Wizards. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. Because I voted for Blake for All-NBA last year. And he was deserving of it. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying, like, he made all. I'm saying, like, I, I oh, believed oh, oh. he yeah, was All-NBA. Yeah. And even someone who believed... He was, I thought he was a shoe in all NBA. Yeah. Was like, still wouldn't do that. Yeah. Sad. You wouldn't do that because of where Blake is health wise right now or because of Bertans' fit in Washington? I wouldn't do that because of where Blake is health wise. Yeah. Um, and match with his contract. Yeah. That, that would make me nervous. If you have Blake's contract, Wall's contract, Beal's contract, Wall's injury history, Blake's injury history, mm-hmm. then you're the Pistons. <laughs> Yeah, you're sitting at 10 and 16 and wondering why you lost at home to the Wizards. Yeah, and Reggie Jackson's out, who's John Wall in this situation. Um, Andre's still out due to avocado. And I've been saying guacamole. Or, that was great. Gua- somebody said uh, guacoma. Guacoma's good. It was really, somebody said that on Twitter. That was really good. That's really good. That's uh, better. Yeah, uh, they're, they're both on the same playing field. But yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I think Burstons is a guy that should be here for a long time. And we talked about this hours ago that he fits right next to John Wall. Um, and Bradley Beal, and he's a tough guy. Um, he plays modern-day NBA basketball very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just – I think that's interesting because now, look, like Ted Leonsis came out last year mm-hmm. and said we're not trading Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. And then immediately they traded Otto Porter. Yeah. And Ted had no reason to say they weren't trading Otto Porter. Yeah. And they say circumstances change because change they realized John was out. I've never understood that. Yeah. John was already out for the year. Yeah. And they realized John was going to miss more time, so they had to trade for more people so they could, like, multiple players, so they get more players. They let both players walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They traded for Parker and, and Portis, and both those guys walked. Like, what are you talking about? You were still <laughs> operating as an over-the-cap team. Right. Like, it, that made, was, it was made no sense. You yeah. could find a way to get under the tax. They were far away from the repeater tax. It was only their second year paying the tax. You got to pay the tax. You only pay the tax and you're, you're fourth out of five years paying a repeater tax. Yeah. So, like, it, that company line didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Circumstances didn't change. Uh, if they believed circumstances changed, that was one of the many problems with the previous organization. Right. Circumstances didn't change enough to go from we're definitely not trading Otto Porter and I'm confident enough to say it publicly to if we're <laughs> trading Otto Porter, we just agreed to do it. Yeah. But when a guy comes out and says this about a guy who Berton's been their second best player, yeah. but he's a role player, uh, 
it really shows how much they must like him. I agree. Because you gotta... This is a league where very, very few people are untradeable. Yeah. Tommy Shepard doesn't say he's untradeable, but Tommy Shepard is a big, my word is my bond guy. Yeah, yeah. He's not the type who just kind of throws around this stuff. He's a guy who really believes in having good relationships. Some GMs want to be more standoffish. Right. He's a guy who really believes in, like, he wants good relationships with players. He wants to have that, like, culture where everybody knows everybody in the organization. And he knows that, this is said publicly, about Bertons, like, people are going to... Especially for a guy that you could get something of value back for. Like, this isn't a guy that's just, like... Maybe you'll get another player or a second. Like you could, I would imagine they could get a significant asset back for Davis Bertans. Yeah, they could get a first round pick. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. I mean. yeah, 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 yeah. So that says a lot to me for a team that has eight wins through two months. Now that we're having this conversation, I realize I messed up. And I was just like standing there talking to Davis tonight. I should have interviewed him about, what? hey, like what did these comments mean to you? You still got time. Might not be as timely, but you still have time. We have time. Is there practice tomorrow? Mm, don't know yet. We always have time. When is are they are you guys going back to DC? You yeah. guys, I mean media. Yeah. Tomorrow. I like how we're just spending this hot podcast talking out our story ideas. Just over a podcast. <laughs> so anyone could just listen and do it. Yeah, this yeah, these are uh, embargoed, by the way. If, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. if that wasn't set yeah, up. Candace. <laughs> don't write it. <laughs> Yeah, she's in the back right now. She actually talked to Bertans about it already. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything else? No. Yeah. I'm, I, I guess, what do you think? I'll ask you. What do you think the Pistons should do? They're a team that has not won a playoff game in more than 10 years. They're a team that has been insistent on their goal is to make the playoffs. And either every year they don't make the playoffs or they squeeze in by the what is it, the skin of their teeth. Is that the same? And right now they're 10, 11, and 16. And just lost to the Wizards. They're 3-8 and eight against teams lower than them in the Eastern Conference. They beat Houston at, at Houston on Saturday and turn around and lose to, without Blake and Andre, with Blake left in the first half. Uh, and tonight they didn't have Blake or Andre and lost to the Wizards. What are your, where, do you, where are you at with the Pistons? Well, I'll answer your question with a question. Yeah. What do you think they could get for Drummond? I think they would be lucky to get a single asset, future asset, meaning they're not getting a lottery pick for Andre. Like, I don't know what the national, like, I don't know what people like in D.C. think about Andre. Andre's a very good basketball player, but at the end of the day, he's in a guy who has a player option for next year and has expressed that he's going to opt out. He hopes to come back to Detroit, but he's ne- it's a weak free agency class. He's never really tested free agency. He's just going to see what's out there. So he's basically playing on an expired contract this year, and he's a traditional big who doesn't have a history of winning. Um, Like, I would be surprised if you got more than matching salaries and at best a protected first-round pick. That's so grim. I mean, no, I think I... I, No, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. That's kind of what I expected you to say. Yeah. And that's so grim. Yeah. That's... more. It's more so... And I'm not a huge Drummond guy. Yeah. I... I almost think you're best off. So what's their cap situation again? They're still over the cap this no, summer, right? No, they're not. They're not paying the luxury. No, but they're over oh, the they're cap. Oh, they're over the though, cap, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not like Drummond walks. Let's see. Let's call this thing up. Well, they lose Reggie's contract expires this year. 
Right. Langston Galloway's contract expires, who's might who's shot the ball very, very well for them. Right. So they still they still got one oh seven uh left on the books for next year. Uh though that the Phantom of Josh Smith comes off after this season. Oh my god, that Josh Smith stretch is five, unreal. That five million they've been paying for the last since he left the team in two thousand fourteen. It's unreal. So Snell's gonna pick up his player option, right? Yes. So Snell's gonna pick up his player options. So that's gonna bring you up to seven that's gonna bring you up to sixty five on the books. Um yeah, I mean they're gonna have room. Yeah. I almost feel like you're best off. It's such a bad free agency class. It is. But that shouldn't deter you from rebuilding though. No, it shouldn't, but I'm I I I mean I I would try to trade Drummond for I, sure. I, I would have yeah. tried to trade Drummond last year. Yeah. Uh I would try to trade Drummond. Yeah. See what I could get. But prepare for a scenario where I just let him walk. Yeah. I don't think him walking is that huge of a deal cuz I just I, I've never gotten the sense the league is that high on him. Yeah. The public is way higher on him than the league is. Yeah. And this is, a, again, this is not the front office that brought him in. This front office has only been here for, this is their second season. Um, the owner obviously loves him. The last time we talked to the owner, he's, who has been nothing but calling Andre an all-star, his biggest supporter, he said, we'll see what happens. I think these this front office has a little bit more control of the basketball side of things and is kind of... Uh, talk the owner into leaning towards certain directions, whether that is rebuilding. Um, and hasn't worked. And it's not just his fault. In Drummond's defense, I mean, he's played with some bad teams. Um, he hasn't played next to – I mean, the best defender he's ever played next to is probably Stanley Johnson and Bruce Brown, two guys that Stanley was – Stanley a, Johnson's, like, a better idea or a better – better defender in theory than he is in actuality yeah and he, and he wasn't as good as a, he he was his peak defensive prowess was his rookie year Bruce Brown's a very 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 good defender but like if the second year guy is maybe the best defender you've ever played with then that doesn't help uh yeah I mean I I've been I wrote the column a few weeks ago um and I actually didn't hear like any one bad word from anybody in the organization I actually had people tell me that it was it was interesting, um, and I just—it's been ten years of the same thing. Like at a point, you have to do something different, and I just—I was curious what you think. Like they could—they could get the eight seed again this year. Sure, they could. They're I mean, two I've, games back right I've never been—I've never been a chase the eight seed with veterans. Yeah. I hate when people just say a blanket. Never chase the eight seed because I do believe there are specific scenarios where it's good to go. Orlando last year. Get the eight seed. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And like when you've got young guys who you're trying to incrementally improve mm -hmm. and you've got a young roster, it can be real. Like um, OKC 2010 yeah. gets the eight seed, yeah. gets destroyed by the Lakers in the first round. Fine. Great for them. That's their, Two years later, they're in the finals. In right. Yeah. All those guys are 21 years old. It's Harden's rookie year. Like, that is, that is a great stepping stone for moving Sacramento forward. Sacramento last year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Young team. Yeah. I hated their offseason. Yeah. But, I did too. But, yeah, young team. Uh, this is not that. No. There's a bunch of guys in or past their prime. Yep. Who are just kind of put together. 
They have a 2019 Wizards vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this team embodies the spirit of Jeff Green. <laughs> yes. I feel who, like Jeff Green should be on this who, team. Who they tried to sign this offseason. He should be on this team. Yes. He should have signed here. Yeah. And this is my thing. Um, and Blake said on a podcast, that I think it was on the uh, part of my take, and they asked him who's he reach out to. And I think he said Jeff Green was like one guy he reached out to, which is funny that he said Jeff Green. Um, Derek Rose is still very good. Derek Rose is good. He's you, been great. And he's on a two-year deal, $15 million. Are you telling me right now a title contending team wouldn't trade for Derek Rose? Derek, Derek Rose, if you look at his per 36 numbers right now, they're better than they were in his MVP season. Off the chain, he's, he's just been scoring at will. He still can score. He just can't play a lot of minutes. Right. Langston and, and he's and he's the perfect kind of guy against like slow backup point guards. Yes, other teams. He's and, just roasting second. And years. he's totally fine in that role. Like it's not a. He's not going to come in and complain about me. He knows where he is in his career. Um, Langston Galloway is the seventh best three point shooter in the NBA. Are you telling me a team like Philly couldn't use him? who is a top team in the Eastern Conference and can't shoot threes to save their life. Um, Andre Drummond, people have differing opinions. He's a good NBA player who's one of the best rebounders of all time. Are you telling me a team like Dallas could use some physicality in the front court? The only one that's probably going to be hard to trade, and I think there's teams that still think there's value there, is Blake. And But I don't. there's ways to get at value back from some of these guys that are – about to expire, like Langston, like Andre, uh, Derek Rose, I think could be traded easily. I think he could be traded tomorrow. Yeah. If they, I think there's a bunch of teams that would jump at that. The the questions with like the Galloway Rose type, yeah, those are middling salaries. Yeah, and in a post twenty sixteen world, there's so few middling salaries. Right, it's just kind of everybody is either max, mid level, like or the minimum. minimum. Yeah, and those guys are at like seven or eight mil. Yeah. So it would take a couple guys. And so you might have to piece together, and that's hard to do in season. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden you got roster restrictions stuff. Now the Pistons have to release somebody or throw somebody else in the deal with throws off the salary, or right. the other team has to go sign somebody now. That's a great and, point. And so those kinds of deals can be a little tough. Yeah. But you're right. Like with the way Derrick Rose is playing right now. Yeah. And Derrick Rose had a good year last year. Yeah. With the way Derrick Rose is playing right now. Easy. I mean, seven, seven, what's he make? Seven I have, the, I have called up. Yeah. That for Derrick Rose. That's fine. Yeah, if you're getting 16 points off the bench, Derrick Rose would be talked about as behind Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell's sixth man of the year if the Pistons were doing better. Like, he's averaging 16 points a game. And Davis Bertans. And Davis Bertans, yes, who should be in the conversation. And a, a future with Luke Kennard, who's – he didn't play great tonight, but he's been pretty solid all season, averaging a career I like high. Kennard. He's a good player. He's good. He's a very good player. Um, he's more than just a shooter. Uh, people still are starting to realize. They almost that. say that about white guys. Yeah, they do. More than just a shooter. Everyone says that about yeah. Bertans. And you know what? You know what's annoying? Yeah. People say that about Bertans every time. <laughs> you know, the thing is, he's more than just a shooter. Yeah. If you have to say that when I just asked you, what do you think about Bertans? <laughs> then he might not be more than just a shooter. Because <laughs> I never said anything about him being only a shooter. You're just getting defensive for no reason right, at right, all. Right, right. Davis Bertans is a wonderful player. Yes. He's an excellent role player. Yes. And there are some things that he does that are more than shooting. Jason guys around screens. He's wonderful moving off the ball. Right. And he'll run the occasional pick and roll. He's got good pick and roll chemistry with, with Mo Wagner and all these different things. But it's like if you got to come out and say, you know, the thing about Bertans is, you know, screw you, man. He's more than just a shooter. It's like, ah, 
This yeah. is a Wendy's, sir. Yeah. Like, I... <laughs> Can you have it ready for me then? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott Brooks is just running in to random Chick-fil-A's. Thomas yeah. Burton's more than just shooter. This is a, oh my gosh, I watched that episode the other day. Yeah, can I speak to Wendy? Sir, this is a Wendy's. This is a Wendy's, sir. Oh man. Yes, they are more than just shooters. They should get they should get those on shirts more than just a shooter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh anything else? We good? Yeah, we're good. Uh, plug plug your stuff. Uh, James does great work. I, I appreciate it. Uh JL Edwards III on Twitter. Uh, yeah, theathletic.com slash D-E-T, or maybe it's D-E-T-R-O-I-T, Detroit. I don't know which one it is, but it's one of those two. What uh, a spokesperson you are. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't get on from via laptop much. I get more on through the app. But yeah, uh, Athletic Detroit, cover the Pistons. Um, honored to be on, as always. Good to see you. See you in a few weeks next week. I'm and, not going to be here. Oh, you're not? That's no. fair. It's Christmas. Um, well, look out for the Fred Rico podcast coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. More on that later. <laughs> um, subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to Fred. If, if uh, this is a, uh, a free episode, so if you're listening on, you know, wherever you listen to your podcasts and you're not an Athletic subscriber, I do about one. Well, not about one. I do one bonus episode a week that's only on The Athletic app. If you want to get that, you can subscribe to The Athletic and you get that with your subscription. You can get 40% off on an annual subscription if you go to theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. Again, 40% off if you subscribe there, theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. And the promo is right there. You sign up and you get everything, not just the podcast. You get my my work on the Wizards and James is on the Pistons and the, the NBA stuff that he does. And he knows he's one of my favorites. Oh, my God. Sure. One of the best beat writers we got. And, yeah, you got David Aldridge and, and Michael Lee and our football coverage, our baseball coverage, uh, everything else, you know, Premier League, everything else that, that you could – that you would possibly want from The Athletic, you are going to get all of that. And we have some incredible, incredible writers. Like, I signed up for The Athletic before I was employed just for the baseball coverage. Same here. Like, not for baseball, but yeah. The baseball coverage is, is – re- it's insane how yeah. good our baseball coverage is. It's amazing. Um, so I really think it's worth it, and you can get 40% off there. I will be back Wednesday. Next up, the huge, huge anticipated Thomas Sadoransky return game to hey. D.C. Uh, they play the Bulls. That is going to be a subscription episode. I'm going to be podcasting uh, probably with Ben Standig after that one. Oh, that's a guest. Uh, oh, Trey, Trey Young's number one supporter. Is that, that's Ben, right? Is it? That's the guy on Twitter that thinks Trey Young's the best point guard in the NBA, right? Does Ben think Trey Young is the best point guard in the Do NBA? Do you follow Ben on Twitter? If of course. Hold on, pull up Ben's Twitter really quick. Ben Standick? I'm, he's, he's based in Indianapolis, right? No. All right, we're thinking of somebody else then. He still goes there. Ben is, ben is our Redskins beat writer, who also used oh, to cover ben the Wizards, who I have all the time. What's other... Hold on. I don't know who you're talking about. Hold on, let me get a name because I feel bad. Because <laughs> I, I think you probably know who I'm talking about. I think his name's Ben Stiller. Ben, like the comedian? Ben Stinnar. Ben Stinnar. I don't know him. You don't follow him. He's a he's based in Indianapolis, but he's a, he's the guy that reported that you got to check out Ben Steiner Stinner's Twitter. It's a, it's a, he's a big Trey Young fan. <laughs> well, now I'm sorry. I'm, I know I, now. I know Ben Standig. I, I very much know who Ben I'm, Standig is. I'm probably not going to check it out yeah. if I'm being honest. Um, 
I won't be podcasting this weekend, uh, as always. No, no weekend episodes. So I, I won't be podcasting after the Raptors game on Friday or after the Sixers game on Saturday. But uh, I'll be back with another uh, not behind the paywall episode Monday after they play the Knicks. Uh, if you want to keep listening, though, subscribe. Can I make a request com? real quick? Please. Are the, you uh, Chicago's in DC? Yeah. Uh, if Darnell makes the trip. Can you guys do OKC stories, locker room stories? Oh, yeah, that would be a good pod. Like, he's, I think, were you there? He's the one that initiated the Reggie Jackson gave him his chair because Russell. Mm-hmm. Can you, can, is that off limits? Can you talk, can you guys share these stories? But Darnell, yeah, I think there are a lot of them we could talk about. Please. I, I've like, talked I was, about a number of them. Yeah, 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 but like you two together. We did a Thunder Roundtable yes, about Westbrook. Yes, you did. Me, Darnell, Slater, and Brett Dawson. Right after he right, right after traded, he got right? traded. Yeah. Uh, and it was awesome. It was one of the most, most fun projects I've worked on at The Athletic because all of us were Thunder beat writers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Slater was. Yeah, yeah, Slater yeah. was at The Oklahoman. Darnell yeah. was at The Oklahoman. Brett was at The Oklahoman. And I was at The, all at the same time. Brett took over for Slater. Uh, and Slater and Darnell were on the beat at the same time. That's right. Uh, but Darnell became an editor at the Oklahoma. Nobody cares about this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if they hear the stories, they will. Uh, there's, there's some good stories. Uh, so I just have, as a, as a fan of the podcast and a fan of a good Fred Katz story, I, I, I want to request at least a couple <laughs> of those. Deal. All right. I'll be back Wednesday behind the paywall, and I'll be back Monday in front of it. I'll talk to you guys then.